Screenless. And welcome to 2021. We made it. I hope you had a restful few days over Christmas. That was the weird thing for me, actually. It was restful. Christmas is usually noisy and a bit chaotic. So hopefully you'll have had a nice rest too. And here's hoping things will get going soon with these vaccines around. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but when I started thinking about New Year's resolutions, it made me wonder what I'll keep from 2020 rather than what I'll change. What about you? You can let me know in all the usual places, links in the show notes. Come and start conversation in the Creative Cuppa Facebook group if you like. Today's chat with Nicole was absolutely fascinating and speaks to anyone who creates independently and markets themselves online. That's rather a lot of us, isn't it? 2020 has been kind to some, but devastating for many, and the independent bookshop industry has been hard hit by the lockdowns. If you're an independent bookshop, and want a like or a share on social media, just include at ScreenlessPod somewhere in your post and a like and share it. One last thing, this chat was recorded in December 2020, so last month. Uh, So when Nicole mentions January of this year, she means obviously January 2020. So sitting comfortably, cuppa at the ready, here we go. Nicole Vanderbilt, UK MD of Bookshop UK, Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So when I saw Bookshop UK appear on social media a few months ago, uh, it was via Brian Bilston who was uh, promoting his shopfront there. Uh, I was surprised it didn't already exist. Can you explain what Bookshop UK is and how you got involved in it? Yeah, so bookshop.org was founded in the US only in January of this year. So even in the US, it's still quite young. Um, and we started it here in November in the UK. And the, the principle is this, is basically to try to help these independent bookshops have an online presence, which is often costly and complicated and a different skill set to what a lot of bookshops have. And so what we provide a platform where a bookshop can come online and a, a page on our website, which is not dissimilar to a Twitter profile or an Instagram profile, And then anytime they sell a book through our website, they get 30% of the cover price as commission. So what it's meant to do is provide them um, some additional online income, which they aren't getting a a huge amount of in the main uh, at the moment. And then additionally, you know, per Brian's online shop on our site, you can also do that as an affiliate on our site. So if you're an author or a publisher or a book blogger or you or me as individuals, we can come online and create a page, again, similar to Twitter, Instagram. And in that instance, the affiliate makes 10% and 10% of the cover price goes into a pool that is shared by all the independent bookshops. That's really interesting because it's not like, on the surface, it seems like you're just supporting independent bookshops, but actually what you're doing is creating a movement to promote independent bookshops as well. Uh, that's so much bigger than it seems. Yeah. I love the word bookstagrammers, by the way. I saw, I saw that. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> you were previously VP International for Etsy, which was described as the eBay with soul, um, <laughs> which which doesn't seem too far a leap to me, actually. It seems like Bookshop UK is somewhere between the Etsy for books and the Amazon for independence. 
Yes. Would you kind of put yourself there? Yeah, I would say that that's um, sort of a thread through my career, such that there is one at all, <laughs> is um, I started off working on the internet a million years ago in sort of 95, 96 in New York. And what it always appeared to me at sort of at every turn is this exciting way to use technology for the little guy or gal to be heard or put on an even playing field with the big folks. So I worked at Google a couple of lives ago. And similarly, what attracted me to Google at the time, um, which I think some people may not see it this way anymore, but the you know AdWords and the whole platform they've developed is really similar in that regard. You know, if you have the the know-how, you can actually be on a level playing field in those ads that come up on the right-hand side with some pretty big names as a small business. And so, yeah, I spent some time at Google and, and then I spent um, almost eight years at Etsy. And similarly, you know, it was really exciting to try to put technology uh, into the hands of people who were otherwise having trouble competing with the likes of Amazon, you know, these absolutely enormous companies mm -hmm. with huge teams of engineers. Uh, and what we were doing at Etsy and what Etsy continues to do today is to try to put, uh, you know, a um, big but not quite as big group of engineers towards the task of how do we help designer makers, you know, sell effectively and put up their stall on the internet. Um, and one of the things that we talked about at Etsy quite a lot that, you know, I think we're, we're talking about at Bookshop as well is how do we use technology so that the people who get into these small creative businesses can spend the time doing the part that they really love? You know, at Etsy, we used to talk about having this pie chart of how a seller was spending their time. And if the part of the pie chart that was on admin and accounting and, you know, waiting in line at the post office, all these things that aren't really the reason they got into that business in the first place, we spent time figuring out, like, how do we shrink that part of the pie for them? Surely we can put together pieces of technology that would make their jobs easier and get them to spend more time designing and making. And I think there's a very similar principle here with bookshop.org, which is, yeah, of course, you know, there are bookshops that could spend time and do spend time building websites. And they certainly this year have spent time, you know, biking books around or waiting in line at the post office. But I think in if you could wave a magic wand, ideally, you'd have these really passionate booksellers not spend time on that stuff and spend time reading books, recommending books, connecting with their customers. And we're hoping that we can get on with sort of the the boring, less specialist stuff in a way so that they can keep focused on the part that they love and that makes them so unique. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned your career. You seem to have been a champion of independent retail all the way through. Were you always a fan of the more handmade approach and supporting smaller businesses? Or was there a moment where you chose to walk that path, do you think? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I think since the since even the late 90s, when I worked on the internet, it was at that time, a little bit more about empowering individual voices. So the idea that you had something like, I'm going to really date myself here, but like GeoCities <laughs> or like early oh, wow. yeah. blogger platforms where people could finally, you know, have a voice and publish something and enable them. I have just always been really drawn to that part of it and thought that it was really exciting. And I think you know, a lot of people think of technology as this thing to take away the messiness of life. And I actually think what's interesting about life is the messiness in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, I, I've always been drawn to how can we use the internet to kind of support creativity and individualism and, and kind of counter all the 
homogeneous nature of so many so many of the rest of the parts mm -hmm. of the internet. And I think, you know, that's why Etsy, I think, did did and continues to do so well is this real backlash against the internet did this amazing thing where like any of us can get the same thing with a you know click of our fingers in a way that you couldn't when I was growing up, you know, you couldn't find the exact same thing across the world. And in some ways that's really great. I don't want to deny that, but I think it's on all of us to sort of try to make sure that our lives still are imbued with the messiness and creativity that comes with small businesses and individuals being able to kind of do their own thing yeah. um, rather yeah. than just fit into a box. Yeah. The internet can be quite contradictory, can't it? Because on the one hand, it should be there to make life simple. But actually, there's this everything all the time switched on. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's It can be quite overwhelming. I found it quite... I, I recently stopped... Uh, my music subscription because it was just things being thrown at me all the time, all these playlists. And I just thought, you know what? <laughs> I need to stop. I need to look at my own collection and yes. uh, enjoy that, you know, yes. celebrate that. Yeah, there is definitely a tyranny of choice. I actually think having worked <laughs> in the it. internet for, you know, a long time now, there we've made huge advances in a lot of areas, but I think the area that's still untapped is, how do you curate the internet? You know, like uh, whether it be books or music or all the weird and wonderful things you find on Etsy, I think that is quite a hard problem that, you know, some engineers take it as like, we must develop a singular algorithm that will figure this out. And part of what attracted me to the to bookshop and what Andy had built in the US, our CEO and founder, was this, um, the use of the lists, which is a way for everyone from Brian Bilston to your local bookshop to actually curate a list of titles for you, which brings the human element back into it a little bit more of that curation. So it's not, you know, some algorithm trying to find the biggest bestsellers and keep pushing that stuff towards you, but allows you a way into books that uh, has that human touch to it. Yeah, yeah. So we've mentioned Amazon a little bit, haven't we? There are a couple of quotes on the website that take pot shots. <laughs> Amazon. How do you convince someone who shops at Amazon and, you know, has the convenience of that to buy their books elsewhere? Yeah, listen, I think, you know, I have a lot of admiration for Amazon as a company in a lot of ways. You know, they're, they have achieved a lot um, and really reset the standards for what you should expect from e-commerce. And I think in a way, reality is a lot of people will continue to use Amazon for a lot of things for you know their cat food for their diapers for their toilet paper and you know they really advocate for customers in terms of price so i don't want to for a second diminish some of the good things about what they offer but i think my experience at etsy and at bookshop my appeal to customers would be to where there's something that is special you know either because it's been handmade by someone or hand recommended to you by someone it doesn't take that much effort to step out of that Amazon habit and support a small business and make a real difference in their lives. So I don't think that we're, Bookshop is going to be for everyone. You know, I think if you're incredibly price sensitive and you, you know, buy books less frequently and you just want that celebrity cookbook at 50% off when it is available at that price, we, we won't be the place where you buy books. But if you care about books and you think of them as a special item, we're hoping what we've provided is something that's not that much more difficult to go use that makes it easy to do something a little bit different. And it, it really doesn't take us taking that much share away from Amazon for it to make an enormous difference to these small businesses. Yeah. 
I bought a book on the bookshop. Oh, great. I bought a book a few weeks ago for my mum for Christmas. Oh, nice. Uh, and I just thought, you know what? I've heard about this great online uh, supporting independent retail. I'll go and check it out. And actually, the experience was really good. And what was really impressive was that you've got a totalizer at the top of the, the website, which has leapt up in the last, since I was on there a few weeks ago, by a few hundred thousand pounds. It's amazing. Yeah. Raised for local bookshops. That's right. Yeah, we just yesterday went past six hundred thousand pounds for the local bookshop. That's, am- that's amazing. And you've been—it's only been a few months. Yeah, not even. It's been six weeks. We launched November second. That is fantastic. For now, Nicole Vanderbilt. Thank you for joining me for a cuppa. Thank you. Thanks again to Nicole for her time. What an amazing thing to do. I was blown away when I first saw what Bookshop UK were doing. I'd love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. All the social links are in the show notes and you can message directly via creativecupper.uk. Also at creativecupper.uk, you can now have your very own Creative Cupper mug. We've partnered with Redbubble to bring you a range of lovely stuff. So there's a link at creativecupper.uk if you'd like to have a nose. As always, a rating and or review wherever you listen to your podcasts will earn my eternal gratitude. And on the webpage, you'll find instructions on how to do that on Apple Podcasts if that's what you listen on. That's all for this episode. Whatever you're doing, bring on 2021. We can do this. Until next time, thanks for joining me for a cuppa.